0: Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, my lovely listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Social Circus. I am your host, Sarah Thompson, and today I am incredibly privileged to be joined by my friend, colleague, and I think coach, um, the fabulous Jenny Cole from Positively Beaming. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and I've been the recipient of your wisdom lately, so it's really nice to give back. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Excellent. So for all of my listeners, um, this is not Jenny's first rodeo on my podcast and I'll make sure I put in the show notes the link to her previous episode. Um, Jenny is a leadership coach and she has so much to share with us as small business owners, which I'm excited for today's conversation. But Jenny, I'd like you to start by telling us, What started your journey into being an entrepreneur? The very short Reader's Digest version was I was a school principal
1: and I became overwhelmed and burnt out and literally walked out on my job. And so as I am sitting um, in the shower in the fatal position trying to work out what to do with my life, I figured the only thing I could do was to start a business and start generating money. And, um, And that I have been doing for about 12 years. My business has changed a bit over time. But um, there's nothing more motivating than knowing you've got to pay uh, a mortgage payment on your bank house.
0: <laughs> it, it is cool. We had this conversation <laughs> when we were together about the importance of our businesses succeeding. But So you came out of being a, a really successful career woman, having an amazing career from the outside looking, and I imagined you, it all looked like you ticked all the boxes, but the reality was quite different. So when you started Positively Beaming, um because you are like me, you're you're a, you're a coach and a specialist. How did you get onto that path? Because, and I'm just going to say this because I know you want you have a stellar reputation as a leadership coach, and um, particularly with the women in that educational space. And obviously, you weren't born as a coach like all of us. So, how did you kind of go? I, I reckon I can do this better. Or what? Where did you get to with that?
1: Um. So one of the contracts that I took up was actually with a coach training organization, and I ran some of their professional learning, because that was the thing, you know, you're a teacher, we could do professional learning. And as I was training other people to use coaching techniques, I thought, oh my gosh, this is actually what I've been looking for my whole career. And I had a real, I hate the word, but I had a real passion to make sure that no other woman in a leadership role got to the point that I got to where their mental health suffered and Some of the coaching techniques, some of the leadership techniques, some of the things that I now help people to develop um, were things that no one had ever shown me how to do. And so my whole reason for being is to make sure that nobody gets to that point because they're not prepared or that they don't have the skills. And the coach, I'd spend a career telling people what to do, whereas a leadership coach, you've got to assume that people know what they And they, you know, they're not stupid. They've got to these very high paying jobs, but they get stuck for all sorts of reasons. Um, And so coaching is just an art of asking questions and helping people get out of themselves, the stuff that's already in there. So it was a combination of loving the coaching side and wanting to make sure that nobody um, ever got to the point that I'd got to.
0: Oh, I love that story. And so good. Thank you, Jenny, for sharing. And so today we're going to be chatting um, because my audience, um, and I I love the conversation we did have on leadership. I imagine some of my audience is sitting there listening going, Jenny sounds like she's a corporate coach and she does helping people, particularly women, move into leadership. And I'm not sure why I'm listening today. Mm. So for those of you who are bearing with us, one of the things that I love about Jenny is that she has a broad range of skills. And I've seen her talk on this topic about having difficult conversations.
1: Yes. (laughs) No one, no one, very, very, very few people get taught to have those tricky conversations. And it doesn't matter if you're a corporate CEO or a person who's just, um, you know, got a a business on the side as a bit of a side hustle. There are times when we've got to have tricky conversations with the people that we love but with the people that we work with um, or the people that we, you know, the people that we sell to. Yes. And most of us have no skills in this. We're not taught this in our families. many of us. Yes. Um, I come from a family where we don't talk about stuff. Everything's all kept very silent. Um, but even if we're one from one of those families that yells at each other and just gets clear <laughs> it, that's not how you deal with your, your major supplier for whatever reason.
0: No, when you were yeah. saying that, Judy, I was thinking I'm the family, uh, come from a very confrontational family, which makes me very, very comfortable with, um, confrontation, but it doesn't, doesn't, uh, it, it, damages relationships, yeah. um, when you have those kind of conversations and I grew up in that space and, um, I was very lucky that my first partner didn't operate like that. And he kind of said, we're not going to be going like this forward. <laughs> <laughs> And some I'm really great yelling kids. at each other to just no. <laughs> capitulate.
1: Yeah, so we we feel really uncomfortable, and we've got this big thing. I don't know about everybody else, but most women have, we're socialized to be nice. Yeah, um, we're socialized not to, you know, cause waves, not to be a bother, not to upset anybody, not to, you know. And so that doesn't help when we have to have these really tough conversations because we want to be nice to everybody, um, yes. and so most of us are really unskilled. However, we're unskilled at anything we're not practiced at. So, if we're not having these conversations, we're not getting good at them. And okay. we don't. So, you, you had a confrontational family and you built up those skills of being able to have, you know, backward, robust
0: conversations backwards and forwards. But the rest of these haven't. So, um, just as I said, but, but they'll, I they'll actually, sorry. sorry, they're hard. You have to unlearn those, though, because they're terrible skills to take into the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't work in business. And someone sends you a nasty email, and your first reaction is to just fire something back. That's that's not going to work either. Um, um, and the 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 key here is um, response rather than reaction. So when we're yeah. triggered by something, our our natural fight, flight, or freeze response goes into overdrive and says, "Got to do something. Got to react. Got to." And and the trick is to dampen that down and find some ways that we can respond. As you say, so relationships stay intact, not yes. at the, it's not a win-lose. Um, it's a win-win, uh, is always my, my plan with any, with any of these conversations.
0: Oh, I love that. And then you were saying we want to respond and not react. Mm. Um, how do we differentiate those? Cause I think that probably identifying that's probably the starting point. Um. So there's a, a great framework that I, um,
1: use, uh, it comes from psychology. It's an old model called Cartman's drama triangle. I'm not going to explain that to you. Basically, if you are, you're reacting when you're acting from impulse. And if you're being a victim, a rescuer or a persecutor. So if you're, we all know what a victim looks like. Oh, Whoa, is man. Everyone's picking on me. Um, rescuer, many of us identify as being a rescuer. Oh, let me fix it. Let me do that. Let me overcompensate. And the persecutor is, um, when you've got that little sort of teacher parent finger out and you want to tell us that, say the let, finger, yeah, let me tell you how it works. Mm. They are all reactions cause they're not adult. Adults are able to say what they need, ask for what they need, knowing that the answer might be no. But say very clearly, I don't need that from you or not now or would you mind giving me a bit more time? They're adult reactions, whereas those others are all, um, they're adult responses rather, where all of those others are reactions. And we often learn them in childhood. We learn that one thing's going get, to get us what we need and we realise, as you said, it doesn't necessarily help us in business. No. So, Re- a response is emotional intelligence. Knowing your own moods, emotions and motives. What mood am I in? I'm a little bit triggered at the moment. Am I heightened? Is this annoying me? Is this something that always gets me upset? Um, and being then able to read the moods, emotions and motives of the people we're talking to. Okay, this person seems a little angry. Maybe this is not a good time to have this conversation. Or um, And then just choosing the right strategy. And that there's time. Reaction is in the moment. Yes. Response gives ourselves gives ourselves a little bit of time to just be adult. Mm.
0: And it's incredibly hard to it's incredibly hard to change those patterns. So because I came from a family that loved reacting and loved just um, my brother, particularly, was very adept at just dropping a bomb and getting everyone to react. And so as you go through life, and it's been like as a parent, it, these difficult conversations are really interesting. Um, I have two beautiful teenagers and one of them last year did got himself into a fair bit of trouble and my husband and I had to choose how we were going to respond to that. And we weren't ready. And so my reaction was to do exactly what my mom did, which was to blow up, go berserk, overpunish, And luckily I'm tempered by a lovely man who is my husband, who's like, we need to think about this because we weren't expecting it and we're getting caught off guard. So let's tell him when he comes home, we're going to discuss it and come back to him. And I had such immense gratitude for being married to someone who could to t- off- offset my reaction. <laughs> yeah, But it's really hard, isn't it, to do it in the moment. It's really easy for us, to you and I, to have mm. this conversation now to if you're in the moment, do this. It's really hard in the moment, particularly when you're triggered, not to just hit the mm. nuke everything button. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I think there's two things in there. One is, um, and, and I'm not a psychologist and I possibly am using some of these terms incorrectly, but we need to understand what it is, but we'll triggers us, yes. yes, understand what it is that triggers us and then what we do. So I'm a blamer. Um, I, if, if my coffee tips over, I'm very easy to blame Sarah, who was here a couple of days ago, if she'd just put the coffee in the right place, I wouldn't have tipped it over. And I know that that's where I go. If something happens, I want to blame somebody else. Yeah. Um, other people yell, cry, um, get depressed, get upset. So whatever it is that you know that you do, being really aware in the moment that that's where you're going, because you can't get out of it if you don't know that you're in it. It's so true. Yeah. And the other thing is you said that particular instance, you couldn't plan for it because it came out of the blue, but yes. most of these you can plan for. Often the people you need to have these challenging conversations with are repeat offenders. They're yeah. the client that always is late. They're the client that never pays on time. They're the supplier that always sends you broken things. They're yes. very rarely one off, and so the the... Uh, joy of some of these conversations is that you can actually plan and script them in advance, Mm. understanding what your reaction is going to be when you deliver hard news and also being able to preempt how they might react so that you can stay
0: calm. And And I like that because I think we often spend so much time um, thinking, right, and let's just pretend you're my coaching client, Jenny, and you're always like never pay on time. So those are both triggers for me because they're important values to me. And so I think to myself, right, I'm going to let Jenny know that this is not okay and these are the reasons why. And I spend so much time thinking about what I'm going to say, I don't give any consideration to how it's going to land on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that uh, quite common to do that, get uh, caught in my oh, own head?
1: Very much. And there's a couple of ways around that. One is um, the minute you start to feel irritating conflict with someone, mm. getting closer. Our temptation is to pull away. Um, Mm. and, and call a girlfriend and such a (laughs) bit, I always say, get really close, pick up the phone, have a chat to somebody, um, think to yourself, what do they love? What's in, maybe they, they're just a bit um, frightened. Maybe they're under the pump. Maybe they got a child with a disability and they're possibly busy at the moment, Mm -hmm. not as a way of excusing their behavior, but to help understand them because we, we're much better, Nose to nose with humans, you know, the closer yes. you get, the less likely we are to dislike somebody, um, so so through get closer to that person, first of all. Um, and then also when you're, I always say plan the conversation then rehearse it with somebody so that, that, so that you'll, you know, grab your best girlfriend and say, um, can you be me or I'm going to be my supplier, you just say what I'm supposed, you know, what I think is you know, good mm. to say, and I'm going to react to it so that we can hear both sides of the conversation. Well, oh, um, that. Rehearsal's so important. I wouldn't, you know, these are highly emotional often conversations. I, I, I wouldn't ask you to to give a speech or a presentation without rehearsing it first. Of course yes. you say it out loud. Yeah. Um, and the thing that happens when you say it out loud is, as women, we use too many words. Mm, or words you use the more kind of heightened it gets and the more that people
0: have to react against. But we also, um, I know I'm I'm really conscious I was, I was thinking uh, last year I had to negotiate a contract with a corporate, but I'm still doing the human outlet corporate and it's a three year contract and we're going back and forth on email and it was escalating and I was getting peeved off and I thought we're not going to get to that point where we have a meeting of the minds and it's actually, it's a really valuable contract to me. And I just wrote back and said, oh, I feel like we're not getting there. Do you want to catch up or have a chat on the phone? Yes. Yeah. And do you know when we had that conversation, Jen, how close we were to our mm. two positions? And on email, I was like, I'm just going to tell them to F off in the email. That's how bad it was getting. And then as soon as we had the, it was a five-minute conversation. I was shocked at how close we were. Yes. And because we, we dig in, don't we?
1: We do and And we misunderstand via... Words, which is why lawyers get paid a lot of money, because there is no, when you read a, a lawyer's contract, there's no way you can misunderstand it. Whereas our texts, our emails, that's for communicating. That's not for collaborating. So yes, Uh like I, yeah. And if you want to understand someone, put down the keyboard and pick up pick up the phone. Mm. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about was one of the things that we as women do is over explain.
0: I was going to circle back to too many words.
1: Yes. The the, the minute you find yourself explaining why you did that thing or why your invoice was that much or why you were late getting that thing out, um, it, it just sounds whingy. You either end up sounding like the victim, the rescuer or the persecutor. So a very wise person once told me, never complain, never explain. So if someone says your product was late and it's always late, our temptation is to get on and say, oh, I'm really sorry because the man held me up and my postman was late and I don't, leave all of that out. Just say, I'm terribly sorry that that's inconvenienced you. Um, and then offer something or whatever. Don't all of that waffle and complain. Nobody, nobody needs it. Mm. Um. Or you can just, I had a fabulous example just recently. I ordered something before Christmas from overseas. It didn't arrive. Um, There was obviously some hiccups and I got three lots of emails from that company. One of them said, hi, it's Simon. Marie normally um, answers these, but she's rocking in the corner because she's so upset that 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 this is not, you know, on your doorstep already. Um, He said, I could go into a lot of detail, but I'm not going to. All I can
0: say is we're trying as hard as we can to get it to you. Fabulous. I don't need all the details. (laughs) And they kind of made a bit of human fun in it as well, because I I, I think we often forget this, particularly when you deal with bigger organisations, that they're still human beings that make up Mm -hmm. a big organisation and and they're trying to do the best in their job with what they have. I love that. That's so fun. And um, I have to say, I've worked really hard at this. I've just like, no is the sentence. Yep. Yep. And to try and stop um, over explaining. And I think this is the good girl syndrome that we, as much as I think I'm not a good girl, blooming well am. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And really and it that's hard. the, that's the where do you go when you're triggered? So if some, if, if you get an email that says you're not doing really well, That will trigger the good girl syndrome and we'll go into over-explain. Let me show you how good I am. Oh dear, it was really awful. Just know that that's where you go and you rise above it. Apologize if you need to, make amends, move on. You don't have to do all of that explaining.
0: Yeah. I love it. And so if we've had, because these are all preemptive tips, Jen. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. If, If I have had a really rubbish interaction with someone and I haven't done things well, um, let's just pretend it's my assistant and I've mm-hmm. rung her up and put a rocket up because she did something wrong. Um, how do I move forward from that? Cause this is something I, I've struggled with and I just think, oh, I just write them off or <laughs> we can't, we can't go through life, like a wake of failed relationships in our heart. Yeah, yeah. How, how do we move forward? <laughs> like if, <laughs> we can, I think it's hard. <laughs> um, that's one of
1: so the this is a leadership statistic, but I don't think it's that far from reality for most of us. The really? primary leadership style in Australia is avoidance, which is "she'll be right, mate." Someone else will deal with that. They'll move on soon. And I think we deal. Many of us deal with it like that in our in our life. So we either avoid the conversation with our assistant until it's so bad that we explode and we ruin the relationship, mm-hmm. or we have that explosion and then we just pretend it never happened and one of us you know it, it, one of us has really? to compromise or move on or whatever yes um so and I'm a great avoider so and I'm also a great one for diving under the under the couch and just hoping it'll all go away oh gosh Jenny, I wouldn't I've yeah. said that about you yeah no 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 that's from my mother um anyway <laughs> lucky she's not gonna listen no she will not listen to this uh so how do we so it's about circling back. So all of if if ideally these conversations are about one thing. So let's imagine your um, assistant has not been producing things in a timely way, and you've steadily got more annoyed about it, and eventually you have a, a blow up. And and in that conversation, ideally, you should just keep it to the no no. This conversation is just about the fact. That I've asked you to, put, you know, do things by a particular date and I'm having to follow you up. She says, oh, you know, my kids were sick and you say, yeah, I understand, but this is just about the fact that you've not been on time. Um, because people will drag you in other directions and that is really tempting to go, not only haven't you been on time, but you had made mistakes in that thing that we were doing and those social media ads and we start to make things bigger. Mm. So
0: let's and imagine... we pile on every little thing that they do. Everything yeah, yeah, too heavily. <laughs>
1: that they've ever pissed you off about, we put it in there. Yeah, so we've probably. Let's imagine we've had that. We've made a huge mistake. So the idea is to circle back and say, "Can we just have a little chat?" I know that that conversation was really hard. It was really unpleasant. It was unpleasant. For me. It was unpleasant for you. I just want you to know that the only message I want you to get out of that is that I need you to produce things in a timely way. How can we work together to ensure that happens? So you noticed I went from you need to to how do we do it together? Yeah. And you you as the business owner might not be doing Mm. that or the person, but it's like we're in this together. How can we make this work? Mm. And the other person is possibly still going to be heightened. demands." So you're like, okay, so let's work this out. How is this going to work going forward? I'd like to just draw a line in the sand and move, move on. Now, if that other person can't move on, permission to, to go or permission yes. to whatever. Um, but you just keep circling back to, okay, no, that was in the past. This is just now. How can we make this relationship work from here on in? And that doesn't matter if that's your VA or your brother who had an explosion on Christmas day, you come back to them and say, that was in the past. I don't need it to happen again. How do we move forward from here? And that's a joint responsibility.
0: I love, I, I feel like I'm going to listen to this podcast back because the words you used, Jen, were so simple and, but so stellar. And, and that's that whole not using too many words mm. and not kind of like, let's, let's, let's have another round two. It's. Mm this is, we're drawing a line in the sand. And um, again, that's just going to be practice for us, isn't it, doing that?
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. And one of the things that I've practiced really hard, because it's the bit that I wasn't good at, Mm -hmm. is being clear about what it is that I needed. And we're not good to ask for what we need. So it could be as simple as, I just need you to give me some advance warning because I'm not good when things are sprung on me. Or I just need to know blah, blah, blah. Or I just need the things to be calm when we're all together. What is it that I need? And that encourages the other person to say, well, I need blah, blah, blah. And that's where you try and come up with a win-win. How can I give you what you need and I get what I need? Whereas I if they're that. so out of whack, they're never going to be right. But asking for what you need. So one of the things I tell people when they're preparing is what is it that you need? What are you asking? If you're telling them off, that's telling them off. What do you need? I need more time, or I need, um, I need you to uh, be have more attention to detail, or I need. This is what I need.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Jenny, you're such a wise woman. I love chatting with you. Um, thank you so much for all of those gems. Now, for all of our listeners who have tuned in, um, please go and check out the show notes on my website. Um, I'll have all of the links to connect with the wonderful Jenny. Um, She does have um, some extra information that will be available on, um, you know, navigating difficult conversations, which I think is incredibly useful for all of us. Um, So please, please go check out those resources. Jenny, thank you for your time. As always, chatting with you is such a delight. I could, well, we've just spent three days together, so we know we can talk nonstop. (laughs) But thank you for your time and wisdom today. I truly appreciate it.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks.
0: And to all my listeners, thank you again for tuning into The Social Circus. We'll catch you the same time next week.